재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 in Seoul and on streaming platforms everywhere. I'm Kurt Asian. This season, Saturdays are freshly served. A little bit of a chill out where we talk about lifestyle, leisure, and more often than not, food and drink. The ways Koreans are drinking are evolving. Not as many as the little green bottles as you used to have in the old days, but a growing interest in wines from around the world. Ian Ashworth is a longtime Korea expat who is helping to satisfy the local demand for wine knowledge. He's an educator who puts together people in various contexts and helps Koreans not only consume wine, but understand it. He's here with us now. Hey, Ian. Hello. Nice to see you. Nice to meet you. Thank you for inviting me. I met you quite some time ago. I remember when you were just getting this sort of wine connection and education and conversation together, and it was around a little coffee table in your apartment. And I thought, how cute. This is a nice little wine club. And you've sort of scaled up, and more and more people have gotten in touch with you wanting to know about wine. And it's become almost a full-time pursuit for you. It is a full-time pursuit. It is a full-time pursuit, yeah. That's exactly the concept that we wanted to to get going. We wanted to take some of the stuffiness out of the wine industry and, and get people sitting around a table. Like how I learned about wine was sitting around a table with family and friends. And yeah. everyone brought a bottle and we just chatted. We learned about wine. But then over that time, we got comfortable and it became... Yeah, something beautiful. So, even I, I think we can make a generality, and we can say that uh, Koreans, East Asians, have still a little bit more of a learning curve as a general, in aggregate, than many people in the West do about wine. We tend to be a bit more familiar with wine as just sort of a a daily lifestyle thing. But even in the West, we hear the thing, the phrase wine tasting or wine party, and we still associate it with something stuffy, don't we? Like, you know, bow ties and upper crust comments and after notes of mellow vanilla and peppermint and all of that stuff. Absolutely. And I think what, what we're trying to do here in Korea is, is transferable across the world. I think the wine industry has been led by, by uh, an idea people. of prestige and mm. this, this, this stereotype that you have to, you have to know everything. Before you sit down at the table, you know how many. What what other drink do you sit down, get handed the the menu or the wine menu, and say, "Oh, I don't know anything about wine." <laughs> who 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 does that? Does that? Did you do that in the pub? No. Do you yeah. do that when you're drinking soju? No. But for wine, people get uptight and they get nervous. There's almost a privileged elite who has a vested interest in making wine seem inaccessible. The people that write the columns in the big papers and so forth, and the magazines that are just about wine. I, I worry that that's the case. I, I think there is a growing trend in Europe towards having more um, ground level, trying to break this industry stereotypes and trying to, trying to explore new regions. You know, the, the, the industry is dominated by three or four big, big company, uh, countries. And and right now, you know, there's movements towards like Eastern European wines and, and like actually like Georgia. We had some Georgia wine tastings recently. And and this is this is a country that's had 8000 years. The oldest wine has, that's ever been found. I don't know what it tasted like. Probably. So like it, it was kept in a, a cave or something and like that. Yeah, or yeah, a storage and, uh, facility. And it was buried underground. Wow. And, and yeah, 8000 years of history from Georgia, not France, not Italy, yeah, not, yeah. not any of the big sort of players but um but that so i think there's this growing movement around the world and this is reflected in the qualifications as well to diversify the wine industry and we want to be at the front of that and and helping people to push those those stereotypes out of the window or at least at least find for themselves that's really the thing don't, don't accept what's what's thrown at you uh try and find and explore on your own terms and and 
Avoid yeah. the stereotypes. Forget what you think you know about wine. What has changed specifically here in Korea? I mean, the the wine, the interest in wine, has taken off. I guess you could chalk it up to this or that free trade agreement has been signed and therefore tariffs are down and blah de blah but uh, on a human level that's that doesn't really explain what has changed so much right i think i think i think the tariffs are, uh, are a reflection of the changing okay. uh, social movement i think the biggest thing that i think has changed in korea recently is is the is women i mean uh, women are, are working more that they, they have uh, an independent income i think they are pushing a lot of the the wine sales that they, they want an alternative to the the traditional uh sangup sel kind of thing i think um that is definitely something which is reflected in the the, the sales here in korea so instead of being like um uh, a red wine dominated this concept that red wine is more prestigious than white wine. The white wines are increasing massively. Sparkling wines, white wines. Uh, I think the sparkling wines were up 19% in imports in yeah. 2017, which is massive. So, um, yeah. Young, affluent women who more and more often are hanging out with each other and not necessarily coupling up with uh, men or hanging out with men. You see this in um, the neighborhood where I live. They are almost as a single demographic fueling the craft beer industry, craft beer and pizza, because they want to go out experiencing some, experience something cool, taste something new, and these groups of young women, Korean women, really are creating entire industry sectors in a way. It's probably happening in, in wine, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is not just a wine-driven sure. thing. This is, this is exactly that. I, 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 I go to the pub after my wine events and and I sit there and it's full of people trying they're tasting they're exploring they they ha- they're given a menu and they make a selection from a menu which is that's a big sea change I think instead of just having one or two brands that that dominate the thing there's now five or six or seven options on the menu so one thing we've talked about uh, on this program here and there is what you just mentioned a moment ago people want something other than the samgyeopsal soju hueishik kind of template that's been kind of foisted on society by whatever industrialization or whatever you want to call it they want a different night out or maybe they want a different corporate event a different mt and i know that you put together a bunch of that kind of thing where you know you'll teach uh members of a company about wine or you'll you know put together an informal gathering of koreans who don't necessarily all know each other right Uh, what breaks the ice when it comes to an intimidating subject like wine how do you get them enjoying themselves and not being sort of stiff well i mean firstly the the context in which you you drink wine is important instead of having a cold white classroom where you sit down and you learn and you study that that's just not why we drink alcohol we don't drink alcohol for that so we focus on why do we drink alcohol in the first place wine is just another alcohol Uh that's the fundamentals basic but what what we want to do is relax we want to make some friends maybe we want to chat about our our day so what we do is we try to create a platform of interactivity Uh so it's not about like a as we say a teacher-centered um you know i'm going to tell you what's right i'm going to tell you what's wrong we we prefer to to put the emphasis back onto the group uh put people in small small teams get them to work against each other or, or with each other to to explore different smells different um different tastes um we also do some uh some activities where you you, you get to make your own wine or blend your own wine as a bordeaux blend style okay. uh, activity that's a lot of fun um yeah this is a way to get people 
interested in wine at a, from a different angle and I, I think wine is communication I, I really do believe this more, more so than other other drinks there is so much more to talk about there's so much more to get involved in so that's an important shift I mean you say it's shifted towards the sort of interaction goals and the social goals you want to connect with people you want to communicate with people that's a, a sea change from 10 or 15 years ago when in the alcohol itself kind of was the star the alcohol is sort of my antidote to my stressful day and we're going to pick sort of the bomb shot that will you know get me to a place of frankness and uh, maybe even cantankerousness with my friends <laughs> you know <laughs> right. so to sit in a quiet controlled environment and want to actually engage with what you're drinking as a subject and know the backstory and where it came from and what it smells like. That's a whole sort of more nuanced way of interacting with alcohol. I think so. I mean, more, more than anything else, we, we, we really want to improve people's confidence. As I mentioned earlier about getting handed that menu and, and sort of that, that sudden, oh, I don't know anything about wine. We, we want to build people's confidence so that they are able to reach for that menu themselves and say, hey, this is what I feel like. I feel like like matching my 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 mood to the wine that I want to uh, consume. Not just the food. That that's a whole different game. It's actually connecting yourself to the the the, the drink that you are drinking. It doesn't have to be wine. Uh huh. It, it can be anything. But sure. but I love wine, and wine's amazing. So that's and wine is just so diverse and universal, so like you said, from Georgia to South Africa to Australia and so on. Exactly, and that that's another element that we we really try to emphasize. We we want people to have a, a, a cultural experience, a holistic cultural experience as well. So we do try to, if we, for example, if we're doing Georgian wine, we would be interested in finding a few local dishes. We we cook ourselves. We don't have a set menu, so we we try to get people to to really learn something about the background to that that wine actively not not reading from a, a page you right. know it's, it's really experiences let's, let's practice a few expressions you know from from that how do you say hey this wine is fantastic how do you thank the barman in in lithuania oh, i don't think lithuania is a wine country but <laughs> whatever how do, you thank, how do you thank them for, for this and and like this is something uh, that you can take away and enjoy and, and actually feel that you've experienced wine in a in a slightly different way i and think I, that know. must add a layer of attraction for some of the events you put together the fact that i mean you're an expat you're a westerner a european and a lot of this kind of happens in an english language uh milieu right so there's a a language learning or a language practicing dimension to it i would think and wine must really help uh you know people with language hang-ups kind of loosen up and and try speaking absolutely i mean this was the initial plan i i think we 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 wanted to have uh, or create a real world context a real world context for you to to come in and and use existing language skills uh, pick up a little bit of something new but but it, it's a real world context for learning as in where, where will you be where will you be using your 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 language okay the first port of call is possibly you know a, a, a soft uh, party or um, you know a hotel lobby where you know pre pre drinks or whatever sure. before you actually go into the the seminar the the yeah the, the event the where event. you're going to yeah, be yeah, sort yeah. of on deck to so perform. so this is this is a real world context you get to chat you get to break the ice you get you get to learn a few skills it gets to be um well, I think it's just fun, generally speaking, and and nothing relaxes you more than something fun. So if you've got a, a, a something in front of you to 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 focus on, be it wine or some good food, then then 
Yeah. A full disclosure, I am a participant. I do, uh, I, we both participate in the monthly uh, book wine club. <laughs> we get into discussions about books that we read, and it's fun. You know, we, it, we've become a, a kind of a little network of friends through that. Um, what kind of questions do you get from Koreans? Are they, as a sort of wine-consuming demographic, any different than other sort of sectors that you've dealt with? Uh, do they have any kind of uh, different take on the wine that they're drinking? One of the well, yes and no. I think some of the some of the things that fascinate me the most are, are the the cultural context in which the wine is drunk. So okay, we mentioned this. Um, it took me a long time to taste a passion fruit. So so this is one of the most um, common smells and flavors in a Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. You know? Uh, particularly from New Zealand, but for most of my life, I've never tasted a, a passion fruit. So how do I how do I connect that that smell or flavor or taste to what what this wine description is? Fantastic. The, the point is, I have to try it, and the only way you can do that is is by trying these yeah, things. Yeah. So, but from a Korean point of view, how? You know, we're talking so the every culture has a different library of tastes and smells in their Absolutely. mind and different reference points. So we, we we start our events with a with a smell t- smell test, and and the reason really isn't to get a right or wrong here. It is to show that there is a we are all smelling the same thing, but we have a different word for that smell. Uh-huh. And so we break down the language of wine. Langu- the language of wine is a language like any other language. You have to sit down. You have to learn it. You have to memorize. You have to build these things, or we can forget that language and try to build our own communicative way of, of interacting with other people. So uh, that's one of the things we try to do in our events. We, we show that the, the, the language fails us. If we don't know what a black currant tastes like or smells like, how do we, how do we go forward with that? How do we, what, what's the point of them writing anything on the back of this wine if I don't actually fundamentally know what this is? Um, how do you feel about wine language? I mean, because let's be honest, when somebody really talks wine language in nitty-gritty detail, it can come off, even if they're sincere, it can come off a little bit uh, snooty, can't it? Yeah, I, I think there's two things here. One of them is a sort of pseudoscience of, of actually being able to break down the smells and so that you can, from a professional point of view, get get to the, the nuts and bolts of what's going on with your product. Yeah. Would you buy it or sell it? You know, is this going to work with your clients? But right. that, that's one thing. The, the other thing, I think uh, we, we've taken this quote in the past... Uh, it's Virginia Woolf and she said like language is wine upon the lips and I, I really like that it's not it's not anything else it, it's wine wine is is a representative of a multitude of expressions and um, I think that's something that we've tried to embrace as, a, as an idea but from a Korean point of view one of the interesting uh, things is that language so uh, one of, oh, where was it I remember sitting on the rooftop actually when we were just getting started and we had a um uh, a Chardonnay okay. and, and I had two or three Korean friends and they were sitting there and one of them says oh this tastes like fish <laughs> and like you can imagine my face like I'm like fish. yeah oh, I smell fish and I'm like what, what? and like, quickly I'm, I'm racing for the bottle I'm like oh my god is this is this corked what's going on here you know that, yeah. that's n- even for a corked wine that's really unusual uh-huh. fish, fish would be strange um, but what, what what I found and what I believe I, I still cannot be sure of this because you know smells and experiences are very subjective it's about how what language you select to express your own experience uh, but what I believe is from that smell it was actually uh, a sort of oakiness a sort uh-huh. of so Koreans actually eat a lot of dried fish and there's this sort of dried that makes sense I uh, think so yeah the 
again, it's such a complex set of reference points. They're coming from their points. It might be something connected to fish, like mm-hmm. you say. So you come with prejudices. You, I guess the wine and the wine experiences help them break down the stereotypes and then rebuild some kind of new... Uh, description that's based in the moment. Mm. We have run out of our time today, but uh, if you want to learn more about uh, Ian Ashworth and the various activities he puts together, we'll put that on our social media. Ian, it's been a real pleasure. I'll see you soon. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.